My name is Jessica Brennan, and I am obsessed with all things clean living and helping you lead a clean, healthy lifestyle that doesn't have to be hard, expensive, or time-consuming. I'm a mama of twin boys who found some really scary ingredients in the natural body wash we were using and turned my outrage into passion to help others eliminate toxins from their daily lives. Listen in on honest conversations and learn the best tips and tricks to take control, simplify, and rid toxins from your mind, body, spirit, and home. If you're ready to take the plunge into clean living, but aren't quite sure where to start, you are in the right place. This is the Clean Living Made Easy Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm so excited to have our guest today. Sarah Mayland is here, and she is a women's empowerment coach and a shadow work guide who is passionate about the idea that you already have all the tools you need inside of you to create whatever transformation you desire in your life. Her work centers around supporting her clients as they navigate the shadows that keep them from accessing and using those tools. Using her broad education and experience in clinical mental health counseling, fitness, nutrition, prenatal and postpartum coaching, and energy healing, Sarah empowers you to build a foundation of self-love that supports every aspect of your life and well-being. Her mission is to empower women to love themselves and their bodies so that together we can empower the next generation of women to do the same. She is based in Wilmington, Delaware, which is my neck of the woods and loves serving her clients all over the world from New York to Norway. Uh, and on a personal note, Sarah and I have um, been hanging out the last few weeks, so I've had the pleasure of getting to know her and I'm just super pumped to have her here because she is a a ball of energy and just so full of love and knowledge. And she really has a lot to offer. So I'm really, really excited to get into this and um, start going through our questions here. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. So, okay, let's get started with um, your your background. You have such a diverse background um, in your bio, just kind of highlighting a little bit of that from mental health counseling to prenatal coaching to energy healing. So how did your career path lead you to becoming a women's empowerment coach? Mm, thank you for that. Such a great question. Um, I think part of it is having ADHD and just having this diversity of interest. I actually started my formal education as a music major in college and, um, and have obviously uh, done something completely different. And I think kind of the thread that has linked everything in my practice through its evolution is continually going deeper. So, you know, when I first started my practice, it was really centered around healthy weight loss and which is a really important voice to have out there because um, diet culture really sucks. Um, but what I really focused on in addition to fitness and nutrition was how do you build the habits in, into your life that you need to get where you want to go? How do you do that sustainably? And how do you tackle the deeper issues that are getting in the way of that? That is so true. Yeah. It's always just about the weight. Usually there is deeper things to dig into. So I love that. Absolutely. And, um, and I think, you know, from there, it really 
I started asking the question, where is this work coming from? Where is this desire to change coming from? Is it coming from a place of self-love? And you know what? I really love and value my body and I just want to care for it in a more aligned way. Or is it coming from a place of needing to fix? Like as soon as I make this change in myself, then I will be good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizing that until we address that issue, any other work on top of that's not really going to make a difference. We need, we need to make sure that the self-love exists first and then the change can happen much more easily. I mean, where do you think this comes from? Because this is rampant. Like everyone that I know, for the most part, approaches their, you know, if they are trying to lose weight or a lot of things in life from that perspective of like, always thinking if this happens, then, then I will be happy. Or if I achieve this, then things will be different. And I do feel like there is finally like a shift, a cultural shift that people are starting to understand. Like you're never going to feel that happiness if you can't be happy where you are now and really be able to, you know, appreciate the, where you've come and all those things. But where do you think that comes from and why do you think so many people have are on that hamster wheel of like constantly trying to achieve or do certain things and cuz we know that's not sustainable right like how many times have people kind of gone on that journey like let's just take weight loss for an example like lost the weight felt really proud of themselves and then not really dealt with that inner working or felt that appreciation and that love Mm-hmm. For themselves. And so it's just, it ends up continually happening again and again and again. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes from a couple different places. I think one is just kind of general, it like challenges with tolerating discomfort. You know, the reason that people gravitate to quick fixes so often is because they are very drastic. And they will give you some sort of immediate result, which eases that discomfort to some degree. I think also the society that we live in, I mean, from the time we're children, if you think about this, we are taught to second guess ourselves and to ignore our intuition all the time. Take something like I talked about this in my podcast with my partner is, um, Taking something like having to clean your plate at dinner. You know, you have a certain amount of food on your plate. You have to eat at this fixed dinner time and you have to eat everything on your plate. And what that does is it teaches us to not listen to our body's cues when we're hungry and when we're, we've had enough. And it also teaches us that we need someone on the outside telling us what is the right thing to do. And that shows up in so many other ways through all of childhood. And then, especially now with social media, you can go on for like parenting advice, for instance, right? You go on Instagram and there's like four different people, 400 different people, 400,000 different people telling you what to do to be a better parent. And they're all saying different things. And they all have some sort of like, buy my course and it will make you a better parent in 30 days or whatever, (laughs) you know? Um, And I think that 
it is there's so many differing opinions and people just because we've been raised to not trust ourselves we need to look externally for that validation like oh my god am i doing the right thing oh that's really powerful i mean it it really does highlight that and it 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 really aligns a lot with what you know we talk about here on the clean living made easy podcast is like taking control of what you can and what you allow in your mind um you know for me it's like what do you allow in your space but this is it correlates and it's um it's really really important and i think that um that one of the biggest things is that people need to understand like you already have all the answers and if you can stop like searching for a while right yeah. and just listen that's why i'm a huge advocate for meditation like quiet your mind but what we're talking about here is like that that um ability for us to take control of that part of our lives and not constantly be searching for the answer because a lot of the time we already have it within us. I would say the vast majority of the time it's already inside of us. And unfortunately our economy really thrives on saying, here is this thing to solve your problem that usually helps in the short term and not the long term. So then you have to keep going back. You have to keep buying more. You have to keep trying different things. Yeah. And, you know, if, if the message out there that everyone, you know, I, I would love for this to be the case one day. If like, if the message that everyone was saying out there is like, you already have the tools, you just need to learn how to find and use them. Then our society would not make a lot of money. <laughs> that's true. And that's why there's, you know, a huge, um, you know, reason why like companies aren't going to back this message up. But at the end of the day, like for me, it's a balanced approach. Like, are we going to ever live in a world where we don't need to buy anything? No. <laughs> um, right. But, and, but at the end of the day, we don't have to buy everything. And I think it's about taking that, a moment and just thinking, is mm -hmm. this really going to solve the problem that I, my perceived problem? Cause a lot of times it's not near as bad as what you think. And, and really just pausing and, and knowing that in the grand scheme of things, most of the things that people are looking for solutions for end up working themselves out on their own. And you don't always need to have an answer. Usually it's just about giving it time, mm -hmm. but it's really hard to not have an answer. Because and that's where that discomfort is scary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I wrote down, like tolerating discomfort. It's like, that is a huge problem that we have. We live in a society where nobody likes to feel uncomfortable. I mean, who likes to, but it's, it's like understanding. And I know Brene Brown talks about this a lot. It's like, you have to learn how to lean into that discomfort and know that it's a part of life and that it's going to be okay on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think letting go and surrendering is a really hard thing to do. It's scary because you don't, you know, you're letting go of an outcome or you're letting go of needing to control the way that you get there. And when we are scared, we want to know and we want to solve. 
right? And so we want to get out of that discomfort as fast exactly, as <laughs> exactly. We want to alleviate that fear, and so the ways that we try to do that are by knowing, gathering as much information as we can, or, or sometimes and solving as well, which is why all of these external solutions, especially the, you know, the quick fix ones are so popular because it allows us to alleviate that discomfort. And I think where I'm referring to this in particular is in like the personal transformation industry, right? I mean, obviously we're going to have to buy things like products for our house or, you know, school supplies or things like that. But in terms of what what we choose to invest in, in regards to our own transformation, our personal transformation, I think the most important thing for people to keep in mind is that if it doesn't solve a deeper problem, it's not going to serve. Right. It's like this shiny object shiny object syndrome right people are always looking like and and listening to what's being told to them that that's going to answer their their problems um but really at the end of the day it's about sitting in that and dealing with that deeper layer which is not always fun. It, i i would say it's never fun <laughs> it is remarkably unpleasant it is. But then it's always rewarding on the other side. <laughs> so rewarding. Right. So let's talk a little bit about this because I feel like we've already sort of been talking about it, but let's name it. And because um, I don't really know what shadow work is. So could you uh, could you dive into that a little bit more and um, and just let us know, like, what inspired you to focus on um, shadow work specifically? Oh, sure. So basically shadow work is all of that deeper underneath stuff that is really uncomfortable that we don't want to see our shadows are our old stories our old patterns the trauma that we had um often through generations that we are carrying and so shadow work involves very intentionally digging into those parts of ourselves and at least in my practice learning how to take care of them and learning how to love them i think so often when we are confronted with those parts of ourselves it is it is easy to say things like oh i i shouldn't feel anxious i shouldn't feel scared um oh that's so ridiculous or I have to silence my inner critic. And the problem is that when we are telling ourselves those things, what we're saying is these parts of us are unacceptable. And so by learning how to connect with these different parts of ourselves, even the hard ones, even the unpleasant ones, by learning how to take care of them, how to how to treat them with love and kindness, we ultimately learn how to love ourselves. Um and then you also asked, like, how how did I get into doing shadow work specifically? I think, um, you know, through my own personal transformation and through the transformation of my coaching practice, my spiritual journey has been a very important part of it. 
because it is what has enabled me to be able to surrender, to tap into my intuition and also to use some spiritual tools to be able to uh, work through my shadow work. And so as my practice started to evolve, as I kept going down that next layer deeper, um, I realized that really what I was doing was guiding people through their shadow work. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's a really um, great way of putting it and like really highlighting. I, I like things that kind of make um, more difficult concepts more tangible and, and easier to kind of wrap your head around. Hey there, Jessica here, ready to make cleaning at home a breeze while also playing your part in protecting our planet. Let me introduce you to a game changer, the force of nature system. I have been using Force of Nature for years and love how it uses a unique technology to transform simple ingredients, water, a capsule of salt, vinegar, and water, and a slight charge of electricity into a household cleaner and disinfectant that's as effective as traditional bleach. But here's the thing, it does all of this without any harmful chemicals or irritants. It's hypoallergenic and EPA registered for disinfecting and sanitizing. It eliminates 99.9% of germs, including viruses, bacteria, mold, and mildew. Force of Nature is more than just a powerful cleaner. It's a sustainable solution that helps you to reduce waste. Say goodbye to single-use plastic bottles and say hello to Force of Nature's eco-friendly system. So why wait? Head over to cleanproductjunkie.com forward slash Force of Nature and get the latest exclusive coupon codes that can save you up to 50%. Step into a cleaner, safer, and greener home with Force of Nature. So I think that makes so much sense. We kind of touched, or you talked a little bit about this already, but um, can you talk a little bit about some of the biggest shadows that hold women back from fully loving themselves? And the inner critic is one that you mentioned. Definitely. I know a lot of people can relate to that. Um, And then how can we start identifying our own shadows? Hmm. Um. I will start with the last question first, which is how can we start identifying our own shadows? Pay attention to what you're avoiding and ask yourself why you're avoiding it. Um, You know, if you're procrastinating on something that you have to do for work and you realize it's because it's really overwhelming for you because you feel like you have to do it perfectly. Okay, why do you have to do it perfectly? There's a story, maybe there's a story that you're carrying that if it's not perfect, you won't be valued. You won't be good enough. Um, and I think that along those lines, with the with the women I've worked with, some of the biggest things that have come up, it's, it's usually, it starts with difficult emotions. And then you can kind of, you know, communicate with those difficult emotions to figure out what the stories are underneath. And so it's usually something along the lines of if I don't give or perform in XYZ way, then I will not be seen as valuable. I will not matter. I will not be good enough. Yeah. And that's something that we unfortunately as women deal with a lot for multiple Mm -hmm. reasons. So I think that's great. I, I love the tip of like if you're avoiding something just dig into that a little bit more, ask yourself why, and start to, you know, move forward from that perspective of like, okay, 
can we address this and and actually finally kind of a, get to a point where mm-hmm. something that can be done and and not avoiding it anymore. So how does um so how does embracing your shadows and cultivating self-love help protect women from negative destructive thoughts as you know we oftentimes have mm-hmm. and help to take control of their mental well-being? I want to kind of I, I challenge the idea of protection. I think that instead of protecting ourselves from those thoughts, I think that's another way of avoiding. It's kind of putting up this wall of like, I am not receiving this. And of course, it's it doesn't serve us to bombard ourselves with negative thoughts. But I think it's really essential to open up a line of communication where you know, you talked about mindfulness and meditation earlier is to examine those thoughts and ask yourself, where do they come from? Are they coming from me personally? Are they coming? Is this the voice of a parent? Is this, you know, the voice of someone who really matters in my life, who is giving me a certain message? Um, I think that, you know, something that I, teach in my practice is how to communicate with what I call the inner children, which are the unpleasant emotions, um, hurt, anger, uh, fear, shame, sadness, all of those things that like we really don't want to feel and we try to hide from. If, If we can start talking to them and saying, hey, like what's going on for you here? Um, kind of like a little kid, like you would talk to a little kid, you know, imagine yourself like pulling them up on your lap and giving them a voice. If you're feeling hurt, you know, the hurt child, their story a lot of the time is, I don't matter. Um, You know, when someone hurts your feelings, right? Like, let's say a friend goes behind your back and does something shitty. It, they're treating you like you don't matter and you feel hurt. Shame is that I'm not good enough. Um, sadness is this is what I'm missing. And I think anger and fear are pretty, are pretty self-explanatory. And so if you can start to give those inner children a voice, and then switch to like the inner parent mode, and take care of them like you would take care of a small child. Um, and you don't want to say, oh, don't be mad, because that's just invalidating. You can say, yeah, I get it. I totally understand why you are mad right now. Um, And let's move on. Like, let's not live there. And I think that is a really important thing to do, right? In examining those thoughts and examining those emotions, you do want to give them a voice. You don't want to live there. And often just speaking them out into existence. Mm helps minimize their intensity and you are able to move forward by just letting them have that voice you know yeah oh I love that yeah I um I firmly believe that if you don't say them out loud then that is just giving them permission to build and build and build it is very cool and empowering to feel that feeling after you actually say them out loud or say them to someone and 
and and to someone who is not going to say don't be mad or whatever because right. you know they might not understand it and that's fine it's more like the validation part of it which is really really important it is very interesting to see how helpful that really really is and it's not something that i think a lot of us of a certain age um i, I do feel like it's becoming more common for parents of you know our generation to be able to support our children in that way um and help them move through it but um but I just think it's a a, something that a lot of people don't realize like it if you just tell someone who you trust and know is going to listen and and support you it takes the power away it's like magic almost I mean you know, it'll still come up a little bit, but it definitely diffuses it big time. So big time. And I think, you know, think about a small child, right? Or a not so small child. We both have kids. What happens if you don't respond to them, right? If they're like, mom, mom. And then if you're like ignoring them, you got something to do, or like, I don't want to hear this right now. Mom, mom, mom. Like it just keeps <laughs> escalating until you give it the attention. So true. That I is exactly that what happens with our emotions. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. So good. All right. So actually that segues perfectly into my next question, which was, is about um, empowering the next generation of women. I mean, this can apply. We both have boys. So, you know, I think it's really important to also cultivate a environment where our boys are able to embrace their emotions and work through them just as much as girls. But as we know, you know, women are more, um, prone to having these negative thoughts all the time. So how do we teach our young girls to love themselves? Um, and why is it so critical to do this? Mm, I think, you know, I don't necessarily have all the answers to this, but I think we can start by giving them a voice, by helping them identify their emotions, by helping them work through their emotions. You know, if our kid is mad to say, hey, it's okay to be mad. Like, what are you mad at and how can we solve this together? And if you are learning how to love yourself and you are talking to yourself differently, I think you're automatically going to start talking to the next generation differently and modeling for them what self-love looks like. Also, I think something that moms in particular really, really, really struggle with, but is essential for our daughters and sons to see is prioritizing self-care and setting boundaries around our time and our energy. So often um, our safe parent growing up, if, if we had one parent that we particularly struggled with, and that was definitely the case in my family, my safe parent was the one who sacrificed everything. And there are some parents where, or some families where both parents do that. And, um, and I think it's really essential for, for women to take their space, to set boundaries and to do so without having to explain or justify. Yeah. And yeah. And when we do that, especially setting boundaries, oh my God. Um, it is so empowering because we are showing the next generation how to do it. We're showing them what self-care looks like. We're showing them that they can still matter and we matter too. Yeah. And it takes that um, constant need to be a people pleaser 
like out of the picture, you know, like let's not feel like we have to do something to, and that sacrifices our feelings of self-worth or our needs to cater to someone else. Yeah. And I think one last thing I want to add in there is making sure that both for ourselves and our kids, we do not link ourselves with our behavior. We all do things that are not aligned sometimes. We all have things in our past that we have done that maybe we're ashamed of. And I actually had this happen with my son relatively recently where I caught him lying. Um, and, you know, and I explained to him that the behavior is not okay, but it's really important to me to, to not say you're like, I don't want to say you're bad. I want to say, you know, this particular thing that you did and making sure to reassure him that like, Hey, you matter. I love you. Let's explore where this came from. Why did you feel the need to do that? Um, but to really separate a human from their behavior, because we all we all make mistakes. And if the message that kids are receiving is, oh my God, if I make a mistake, it means I'm bad. That yeah. kind of perpetuates a lot of what we're stuck in right now. Hey friends, it's your host, Jessica. I'm sure like me, you're passionate about creating a healthy, safe home for your loved ones. Did you ever hold a product in your hand trying to make sense of the long list of ingredients that seem to require a PhD to understand? I've had that same experience too. That's why I created a completely free label reading guide to help you demystify what's really in your household products. My guide zeroes in on the top three most harmful ingredients you need to look out for, making it easier than ever to spot and avoid them. Armed with this guide, you'll feel empowered, capable of making informed decisions for your household, knowing that you're protecting your family from potential toxins. So are you ready to be a master of label reading? Visit freelabelreadingguide.com to download your guide now. Together, we can make clean living truly easy and transform our homes into the safe havens they're meant to be. Oh, it's so true. I think um, that is a, a huge thing that I, as a parent, focus a lot on is you know, I'm constantly trying to better myself and learn from my mistakes um, and just really be aware of things that, you know, maybe might've hurt someone or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but of course we slip up and, you know, sometimes we can lose our temper. And I think as, you know, my kids have gotten older um, and things happen and I, you know, see how they react to things in different ways. That's my focus. And I, I think this is huge for other parents to just kind of think about is we all make mistakes and it's, and that does not define us. And that word, I'm a bad person can literally sit with you for years, decades, your whole life. Um, and so really teaching kids how to get on the other side of that and accept your you know your behavior and what you you did um and just move on because we all we all do that and I think as a parent I try to do that too and I you know I'm gonna mess up always like we all do right but I think it's just addressing that and I think that's the biggest um issue for a lot of people is not having that that conversation on the other side of it 
and, and working through it, or even just acknowledging, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I messed up. Oh, I love that so much. I love, I remember my English teacher in 11th grade, and I will never forget this. And it has influenced my parenting to this day. She said, I had so much respect for my father because when he would get really angry or yell or do something that wasn't right, he would come up to her afterwards and apologize. And I think doing that does two things. Number one, it says to your kid, like, I'm human too. And I make mistakes too. And it, it allows you to demonstrate ownership of that, right? We don't want to make mistakes and then sweep them under the rug and try to appear perfect, you know, take ownership of it. Right, right. And I think, it, I think the, the big thing in that is, you know, as humans, as long as we're always trying to do better and like, you know, there's a healthy way to deal with um, frustration and there's an unhealthy way, but at the end of the day, you need to get your feelings out Mm -hmm. some way. It's just how you choose to do that. And sometimes we choose a productive way and sometimes we choose a, or react, you know, we have all of our Mm -hmm. triggers. Um, and recognizing that we all have our triggers, uh, you know, we all react sometimes in a not so proud way. So it's like when you do have those moments, acknowledging it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, we touched upon this, but self-criticism and negative self-talk, um, just because I know so many people deal with this, um, but from a from pra- a practical standpoint, what are some um, tips for quieting that inner critic and building up self compassion? And I know that you kind of mentioned um, really acknowledging that. But do you mm-hmm. have anything like? Do you have any like practices or exercise or something that you can do that really helps to kind of like target that? Yes. So, um, especially with the inner critic, right? That, that kind of drives the shame bus and shame is not a bad emotion. It's on, it's like incredibly unpleasant, but it's useful. All of the emotions are, they are information and shame shows us where our values are. And so when the inner critic is speaking up, you want to ask yourself what value is it expressing right now? And then ask, where is that value coming from? Is that actually something I value or is that a value that was imposed on me from the outside? And then decide, do you want to hold on to that value? Do you want that value to be true for you? If the value is true for you, okay, then change your action to align with the value. And then your inner critic won't have anything to criticize. If you, if you're like, whoa, that's not my value. And I don't believe that. And I don't want that. Then take action that is aligned with the value that you want to put in place. Now that critic will still pipe up because it wants to hold on to that old story. But as long as you continually say, Hey, I hear you in a critic. And this is the story that I'm choosing to write. If you are taking that aligned action, um, you you will feel more confident you and that inner critic will will calm down because 
it really, the inner critic, it really shows us that discrepancy between our values and our actions. Mm, that is really powerful stuff. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to sit with that for a little bit. Cause that, that was really amazing. I mean, I had never really thought of shame from that perspective. So um, that's a really helpful way to kind of deal with it um, as it creeps up. So thank you for that. Um, so for, for women who are wanting to continue their shadow work, their self-love journey, um, what sort of resources or, you know, books, courses, mentors, um, you know, and would you recommend, and then also how can people get in touch with you and your work and, um, and how you can help people? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, you know, if, if it is someone who is kind of more new agey, spiritually inclined, kind of like I am, um, turning to some spiritual tools can be really helpful in facilitating the movement through shadow work. So for example, um, you know, I sometimes turn to rituals. Um, so there was this time where I got hit really hard with this old story that was coming up for me. And then it got me thinking about all of these other stories that were not mine. These were all values that did not belong to me. And what I did was I wrote them each one down on a separate sheet of paper. I folded it up. I threw it on the floor behind me. I swept them out of my house. And then I burned them and let the wind carry the ashes away. And is that going to fix it? No, but it's like this symbolic kind of energetic action. And so if you are someone who is into that sort of thing, um, using using tools like ritual or um, supportive crystals or things like that can be beneficial. Um, divination work can also help um, kind of facilitate shadow work. And that is part of what I do is so taking something like tarot. Um, I believe that tarot shows you what your intuition already knows. And so you can kind of use that to as a jumping off point for asking those deeper questions. If you are someone who is not spiritually inclined, and you're like, that stuff does not work for me, like, I think it sounds ridiculous. That's totally fine. Um, you know, I would say a lot of self-help books that are out there really dig into this work without necessarily calling it shadow work. My favorite, my two favorites are You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Yeah, um, I think that she like just the way that she words things is so easy to connect with and so practical. And then the other one is the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. And I really love that one because it's essentially define your values and live by them, which is what being in alignment is all about. Um, and then your other question was, how can people find me? Um, so the name of my practice is Inside Out Transformations. And um, I'm sure you'll put a link in your show notes. Yeah. Um, but I would say like probably my website is the easiest way to find out what I have going on. Um, and my website is the letter I, 
the letter O, empower.com. And let me see, I'm inside.out.transformations on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, everybody go follow Sarah and check out our website. And yes, I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes. Um, Also make sure to link the two books that you referenced. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us and giving my listeners some nuggets of, you know, really practical um, action that they can take to really help, you know, at the end of the day, we just want everybody to feel empowered, feel like they are in control of things because life makes us oftentimes feel so out of control of so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do feel like, you know, the wisdom that you've given us here has, has, is going to be really helpful for people. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I am, I'm so grateful to you for inviting me to be a part of your podcast. And I really, really, I'm so excited that I got to be, um, to be on this incredible resource that you've created. So thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, everybody, check the show notes out and we will see you in our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Clean Living Made Easy podcast. If you want more, head over to cleanlivingmadeeasypodcast.com for show notes and links to all the products or discount codes mentioned in today's episode. If you'd like to be notified when new podcast episodes are released or to join the Clean Product Junkie community, head over to cleanproductjunkie.com and join our mailing list. See you in the next episode.